You're listening to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast, a championship-caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York, with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. Hats, Tats, and Stats is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online at www.bicbp-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast. I am EZD. Joining me this week is the Stat Man. Austin, what's up, buddy? Good morning, buddy. What's going on? Oh, we are talking football. It is that time of year, and I am fired up. Dude, so excited. This is like, I was, I was joking with my father-in-law last week. I was like, this is the last Sunday that we will not have football until February. I know. It's That's so such good. a long time. It's so, so good. good. So good. Oh, and then shortly after February, the XFL 3.0 kicks off. Which, you know what? There were, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't get to watch a lot of games. It didn't really coincide with my work schedule. But catching the highlights after the fact, still very enjoyable. I had no issues with it. Yeah, well, so the XFL 3.0 will be kicking off. The uh, I believe the USFL, I don't know where they are playoff-wise or anything. I, I don't know. I haven't seen much. But uh, I, I believe they're, they made it through a full season and are looking at going another one. Uh, so we're, we're living in a world where a secondary pro football league survived. Well, awesome. d- don't try to compete with the NFL. Right. Should be rule number one. <laughs> like, don't do it. Yeah. And I mean, we, Big Diesel and myself have talked about it. Like they, the pro lacrosse league does this thing where they barn, like the league itself barnstorms through the country. So they pick a location every weekend. And they go to that location and the whole league plays there all weekend long. There's no, it's not the Pittsburgh, this, the Philadelphia, that the New York, this, the Buffalo, that it's just the surge aces, Thunderwolves. that just because I mean, that was topical for what we were just talking about before we record, like just, it's just a team name. You know, it's the, the sparks, it's the, the charge, whatever. And they're not tied to a geographical location because then you have to like play in those geographical ge- geographical locations, unless you're the USFL who said, we're going to have teams from cities like every other league, but we're only going to play in Birmingham until the championship. We're going to play at the hall of fame field in Canton. Apparently it worked. I mean, overheads low travel <laughs> costs are low. I, I mean, I don't even know if the teams bothered traveling back and forth. Like, so I don't, I don't know if like, the teams traveled to Birmingham every week or if they like the league just stayed in Birmingham, but I mean, either way, I, mean, I, guess, I guess they could have, they would have had practices and stuff like that. Now, most of these guys like see their families and stuff like that, but did, I mean, how long was the season? Was it six weeks, eight weeks? I mean, maybe, maybe they were just gone for 10 weeks and yeah. I, and they, they, you know, I don't know, but I mean, cause so if you're technically the, the New York guardians, are you traveling back to New York to live with the team hotel or the team, like wherever that they have the team staying practicing and then flying back to Birmingham every week. Or are you just, did every team just stay around that area to, to kill travel costs? And I mean, cause that's really the big issue, right? Is the money. The money is what always turns these, these leagues around and puts them on their head. Listen, so. people aren't in this to, because they just love football and they just want to give more young adults a better opportunity to play. No, they're in it to make money. That's the long and short of it is can we get more people making money off the game of football? It's already our most popular sport. How right. can we cash in more on this? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, and 
I like, I think both of those ideas are fantastic. I'll be intrigued to see how the XFL does it. They've announced their eight cities, uh, including DC getting a second team, Seattle getting a second team. There's three new teams going into Texas, a second Houston team, a San Antonio team, and a, oh, I don't remember. But there's no, there's a third team going to Texas. Orlando is getting a team, so there'll be a fourth Florida football team. Like, you know, St. Louis is getting a team back, which is fantastic. Texas just have like their their state championship football team just go like go play in the league because it wouldn't <laughs> matter. You know what I mean? Because in in Texas football is religion, right? So like, which is you know what? Just, no, I mean, just, it, just just let them roll. The, the well, best it, high school it, players in the state are probably fine. And that's why you can have. Already two NFL franchises. I'm pretty sure there's a USFL franchise. Now there's going to be three XFL franchises. You have Texas, Texas Tech, Texas A&M, Texas Christian. So I was like, you, you have you have ten major football programs, and I'm probably missing one or two of the colleges that I just don't realize are in Texas. And I mean, so you have ten major football football franchises from college up in one state. That's disgusting. Yep. And it really is just, I just, and they, they all get equally represented, not, well, not equally represented, but they all have a great fan base. Oh, absolutely. It's not, it's not, it's not like TCU has nobody coming to their games. You know what I mean? That's right. not, horn frogs are lame. They don't get anybody to show up. No, man, we're purple. Hell yeah, let's go. Right. Rolling. But uh, that is neither here nor there. We are here to talk about the NFC. What did I say? We do in the south, north, north, east, north, east, north. Yeah, north is what you texted me. So yeah, if we're doing south. The, you texted the wrong thing. Yeah, we're doing we're doing the north. So uh, before we dive into this, did, did I just because it's fresh in my brain? Did you see Peter King and Josh Allen with the handshake where he he didn't shake his hand? No, it's a it's a just delightful video that Peter King's interviewing Josh Allen, and he goes, "All right, I'm here at Orchard Park with Josh Allen." It was Josh and I seen you, and Josh puts his hand up to shake his hand, but Pete had already turned to look at the camera. And he goes live from Orchard Park, whatever like that. And Josh is just he's he's got his eyes like wide open. And he's just got his hands <laughs> sitting there like waiting for the handshake. And he turns and starts smirking at the camera, like just waiting for Pete to turn back around. And then Pete goes, Oh, and he shakes his hand and he looks back at the camera and goes, You guys got that right? And people comment that I people are like, Oh my god, I love him. Like he's, Dude, he's got so much personality. He's just, a, he's just such a goofball. Like, and it's I, one of the things that's so I mean, you you look at the guys who have come through as like your top tier quarterbacks, right? Like your, your upper echelon guys, you know, you've got Peyton Manning, who you realized was a goofball later on in his career. Like he had that goofy Peyton thing about him, you know, Favre was having fun gunslinger. Rogers is kind of seen as a standoffish D bag. Brady is just the consummate professional breeze was the consummate professional. You know, like you look at it and then, and then there's Allen, who's just out, a kid having a good time, being a, being I, goofy. I think it's it's been like Brett Favre. It's been a really long time since we've had somebody who looked like they were just out there having fun, on top of being really talented. Yes, there's lots of guys that are out there having fun. Those guys usually get cut in training camp. You're like, hey man, I'm just happy to be here, and now I'm going home. All right, that was fun. Two weeks, I got to live my dream. Right. But Allen just looks like he's having a blast all the time. But to your point, I like I like Aaron Rodgers. I think he's fine. You're right, though. People kind of he is generally viewed as a jerk. Yeah, as just kind of an asshat. And I think a lot of people and Peyton Manning, to your point, I don't care if he was, was good Manning, bad Manning, whatever. He was so damn likable. That's why at some point he was in like 
50% of all commercials on television. Right. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure he was in, he, he made a play for all of them, but he can only get in 50% of them. Yeah. And I mean, he, he hosted Saturday Night live. It was funny, but like, I mean, that was the later half of his career. This right. is Josh Allen. This is just who he is. Yep. You know, hearing like hear, hearing stories of him and Diggs and the guys playing video games together and just talking shit to each other. Like it, it's like you're hearing stories about your, your buddies playing video games together. Like when we get together and play chill and we're just like, Poe, Poe, you're a defenseman. You need to be at the line. I am at the line, not that line. Like, you right, gotta be at the blue line. line. I am at the blue line, but bro, bro, you're behind the damn net. Where the hell are you? Like, Oh, I, am I yellow? <laughs> oh man, I thought I was green. That's my bad. <laughs> my bad. Like it's like just, he, oh, he, it's he tried just funny. he he tried signing Poyer's neck. He was he was <laughs> signing kids' jerseys and he was going in line and Poyer was right next to him and he was going sign 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 high five and he got the Poyer and didn't stop signing and he just wrote on the back of Poyer's neck. <laughs> Poyer like freaked out and goes, "What are you doing?" He goes, "What? You don't want me to sign your neck? All right, fine, weirdo. Like whatever." And he just kept walking. <laughs> but like that's that's funny. He's. He's super, he's a playful guy. I like it. Yeah, he's he's definitely built a little different. And I mean that in the coolest way. Like you hear, you hear, we hear, I mean, we hear that all the time as coaches. Oh, that kid's built different. He's built different. Josh is literally built different because on top of being the kid that's just out there having a good time and goofing around, he's also the hardest working guy in the field. When who is it? Um, Jordan Palmer runs his quarterback clinics and stuff in his camps that Josh goes to. Josh is the first one on the field. And then Palmer has to be like, dude, go home. Like right, we're right. done. We've been done for an hour. Put the, the football guy, down and go have fun. The guy who runs the stadium wants to shut the lights off. He could go. Right. And that's exactly what that is. <laughs> the guy's got a wife and kids. He wants to go home. Get yeah, People, here. people need to leave and go do stuff, dude. Y'all shut it off when I'm done. Like just that kind of guy. But uh, anyway, so that, yeah, that was my football thing for the week. That was good. So yes. back to the NFC North. What do you back, got? Back to the North. So we have this, this division to me is far more interesting than the last two we've done. I, I think both the AFC and the NFC South, I think, I mean. They were pretty cut and dry. All the NFC South is a one horse like, race with like right. a, someone trying to be a dark horse. The AFC South is a two horse race where both of those horses are hoping not to like not to break a leg with one other horse potentially trying to dig out of the hole that they've been in for a decade right this has this division has one team that i believe you don't have a team trying harder not to do well than the chicago bears it doesn't I mean, blow my mind that they just have routinely not helped Justin Fields as much as possible. And I don't know how you do that. Like even the bills were like, Hey, listen, Allen was, they were, we had no talent. So they went and got Beasley. They went and got John Brown. Then after, Hey, okay. Hey, this is going well. That was a good, okay. Now let's go and get digs. Like you did things to help him out. The bears let Allen Robinson walk in free agency and drafted nobody. Right. Oh, good. I, so uh, <laughs> fantastic. You're what you're telling me is he's going to be great. Got it. All right. Yeah. And so uh, their key additions, they got, Byron Pringle, so the receiver who didn't catch the ball all that much in the Chiefs yeah, offense. The, the Chiefs fifth receiver. All right, it's going great. Uh, they got St. Brown. Unfortunately, not Amon Ross St. Brown. I was his just brother, Equinemius St. Brown. I was just going to say, can you say his first name? Because that one always, we go, Equa, Ecuador, Equinemius. No, yeah, that's, that's right. uh, Equinemius. For some reason, that's one I can say. <laughs> I will butcher nine other names before we're done here, but yeah. Equinemius, all over it. Nailed it. 
Uh, they brought in Lucas Patrick, a guard from the Packers. They signed Al-Quadin Muhammad from the Colts and Justin Jones, the defensive tackle from the Chargers. They lost Allen Robinson. They lost Jakeem Grant. They lost James Daniels to the uh, guard. They lost a defensive tackle, Belial Nichols, and they lost outside linebacker slash edge rusher Khalil Mack. Nobody that you signed, I mean, Muhammad, less than Khalil Mack. I'm going to assume nobody you signed. I mean, Byron Pringle is not Allen Robinson. St. Brown, I mean, I don't even I think, know who Grant I think Byron, is. Byron Pringle re- replaces Jakeem Grant. I think that it's a speedy, small, punter right. receiver like that. I, I, I think they're hoping St. Brown can do cool stuff, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, you have nothing here. Oh, no, I mean, the, the, the cupboards are bare. I mean, I feel bad because really, I think David Montgomery is a very underrated back. Um, I think Fields has, show, has shown talent to be okay, but at some point you got to give the guy some help. And you can't tell me you're like salary cap strapped. I, you should have oodles of money. You're not paying anybody at this point. Like Darnell Mooney's your top receiver. He's not making big money. You just cleared, uh, cleared all of Khalil Mack's money off the book. Like who, who are you giving money to? Right. Ro- Roquan Smith is holding out because he wants more money, but you haven't paid him yet. I'm just curious as to where all your cash has gone. So looking, why you couldn't get a receiver looking through this depth chart, he's going to be throwing to Byron Pringle and Darnell Mooney. I like Mooney. I think Mooney is a great receiver. I think he's going to be fantastic this year. I think he's going to, I think good. he's going to be fantastic. The second he takes a bears uniform off and plays for somebody else. Like that's just, he'll be, he'll be good. His problem is going to be, Hey, uh, let's just triple cover Mooney and we'll just see if they throw it to anybody else. All right. Sounds good guys. Break. Right. Cause <laughs> that's the whole defensive philosophy. They're their slot receiver is a third-round draft pick, Vellis Jones Jr. Then they have uh, St. Brown, and then they traded for Keel Harry. Oh, I forgot about that. Although of Patriots lore. Bill Belichick couldn't make you good. <laughs> right. can't imagine it's going to go better somewhere else, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. Wrong. And he, I mean, he was a high draft pick, but you, know, you never know. A change of scenery might help. But not if you're not. I mean, and again, this is I'm going off the R-Lads depth chart. This is just, as of right now, you're not in the starting three. Okay, so are you the fourth man in, or is St. Brown? I don't know. You have a fifth-round rookie starting at left tackle. So, I mean, so did we last year. I don't know if Braxton Jones is Spencer Brown. Brown was also on the right for most of the year. This offensive line isn't fantastic. I like Cole Komet as a tight end. He, you know, he definitely has flashes. And then, you know, Montgomery with a whole lot of names you never heard before behind him with fields. And then Trevor Simeon and the legend of Nate Peterman continues. (laughs) He had to go from Las Vegas to Chicago. That sucks. You know, and then on the other side of the ball, like losing, obviously losing um, Khalil Mack is huge. And then I mean, he, he's a presence and I'm sure he's a locker room guy. You know what I mean? That's sure. It goes without saying, but I mean, so Roquan Smith is probably the biggest name on this defensive front. Who's currently holding out, right? He's a, he's a top five linebacker in football. He's one of the best young guys out there. And then, I mean, you have, a, you have two second round rookies, one playing strong safety with safety with Jaquan Brisker and one playing corner with Kyler Gordon. 
I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, there's not a whole lot here. It's, it's going to be a rough season for the Bears, and I, I still picked them to finish third in the division, and that's not because I think they're going to be good. I just think that Detroit is, I don't know, how they are parentally <laughs> as bad as they are. You know that Detroit has, like, the third highest off salary in football? Like, they're three from the top. That's disgusting. As far as money that they, as far as money that they pay to offensive players, and they somehow don't score points, and I and I don't win football games, and I'm not sure how you do that. Although golf isn't helping their, you know, that cause. Yeah, there, it, I mean that, that's a huge chunk of it, but right. But I mean, lots of guys are paying quarterbacks. That and they also guys who are paying receivers. I, I don't know how you. Yeah, I, how you, you know, do that. That's also one of those weird ones where his contract was structured so weird and like he's hitting those like cap hit heavy seasons. So like, I think this is the last one or they can get out from under it this year. Like where there's an out. I think so. So I definitely think so. And really with, I think seven quarterbacks are going to go on the first round next year. So I, and I think Detroit's going to get one of those guys. It'll be interesting. You would hope so. But uh, speaking of Detroit, we're going to move on to them. Key additions, DJ Chark from the Jaguars and Mike Hughes from the Chiefs. They actually went and re-signed some people, including Josh Reynolds, Charles Harris, and Tracy Walker. Um, and if you just said who, I agree. And then they lost Trey Flowers and Jalen Revis, Mabin, Ramsey. Like, I mean, the, the, the dude's got every football defensive name on the planet. That's like, it's it's going to be interesting if they again if they can score points they'll be okay. I now they were riddled with injuries last year. At one point, Hawkinson went down and Swift went down, um, and Goff just had to straight feed the other St. Brown. Um, then he went on a tear there for like five games where he became like a fantasy darling, where he was winning people their fantasy leagues because he was dominant there for a stretch. Um, but I mean, we'll see. I think they traded up 20 picks to draft Jamison Williams. Uh, now the kid tore his ACL. Would he come back and be what he was at Alabama? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. But I mean, they liked him enough to trade up two thirds of the first round for him. And so, I mean, be- I, I'll tell you what, I don't think scoring points is going to be a problem here. I really don't. I, I think golf. That's what is, I mean. They, they look like they've got all the talent in the world. Like they can go and do stuff. But and, and you, you know what? Last year they had this weird us against the world type thing going on, and they were they started winning some football games. They were beating some people. Like, I mean, they were in a ton of games, like a ton of games last year that they just couldn't quite hang on. You know, I mean, they had the talent to be there. They just, you know, that guy that goes in with a heavyweight stands toe to toe and then fades in the twelfth. That I mean, that's what they were. They were that team that just couldn't quite close out quite a few games last year. It felt like they were the lions. It's like, and that's exactly what it was. They were the lions. Um, again, DJ shark, the Jameson Williamson, Amon Ross St. Brown is your three top three receivers. That doesn't suck. <laughs> that's not bad. Yep. Um, I mean, you've got, Oh my God. Stop jumping so far. Uh, you have a first round pick from 16 at left tackle a first round pick at center from so a 2016 first round pick at left tackle with Taylor Decker, a 2018 first round pick in Frank Ragnow at center. A He's one of the best centers in football now. A 2021 first round pick in Penny Sewell at right tackle. Their offensive line doesn't suck. It should be well, really, you would do this the Bill Parcells. You upgrade through the trenches, 
and you control the line of scrimmage. Right. It keeps your quarterback upright and allows you to run the football and you're better. And I mean, and you got Aiden Hutchinson on the other side who fell in their lap at the second overall pick that he went to Michigan and then he gets drafted by Detroit. I mean, that's just the hometown right. hero story there that people couldn't have liked that better. No getting emotional standpoint, but really the, the rest of their defense, I'm just going to go ahead and say is suspect at best. I think Tracy Walker is a halfway decent safety. And other than that, I think they're going to struggle. Yeah. There's not a whole lot to call home about there. I mean, like Romeo Aquara had a good year two years ago, but I think last year he tore something off his Achilles or his knee or something like that. But he, he missed all of last season and they have the other Aquara, their brothers, they play in the same roster um, was not as good as Romeo. And their linebackers, I mean, they, they've tried addressing it. They drafted Gerard Davis. They've, they tried uh, Anzalone, who they picked up from the Saints, who played almost every snap last season. Um, I don't know. They just it, There's not a lot uh, to write home about there def- defensively. I think they've been investing in offense. And I don't know if the Bengals have taught us anything. Listen, if you just score enough, you can actually have a shot. win football. Right, exactly. And, and we're, and we're going to get to a very interesting point here on, on this team. And I mean, if you look at how they're building, so I think Goff is a really, really good bridge quarterback. I think a lot of teams would like would kill to have a Jared Goff caliber, quote unquote, get us to the next guy type quarterback. Like your job is to be here and run this team until we find the guy that we're going to go forward with. Uh, Jared Goff greater than Tyrod Taylor. Sure. I mean, I mean I, and, and Tyrod's been a bridge quarterback at four different four different teams now with some of the worst luck I've ever seen. Listen, I think Goff could be a halfway decent quarterback. I think Wentz can be a halfway decent quarterback. I think if you look at what those guys have done, ironically being tethered together at the first and second overall picks of their draft, um, I think like anything else, you have to put them in the right position to succeed. Uh, we used to talk about that with the Bills all the time. That oh, you know, between Rivers and Roethlisberger and Eli, and we end up with JP Lossman. That right. was the bad said that just because, like, let's just say hypothetically, Pittsburgh took Lossman. I think Lossman could have still been a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he could have. He he like, and I mean, I I make that argument all the time when people are like, oh, we could have had Mahomes. Oh, we could have had Watson. Uh, first off, I'm glad we don't have Watson. Turns out, right. um, but I mean, could have had Mahomes. Could have had Watson. To throw to who? Like we we literally led lambs to slaughter with every single dude we put under center those oh, couple right. years because we had nothing. Co coaching stability was different. The organizational stability was different. Defenses, Pascal, it was just different. It was not the same thing. I mean, there's you were thrown to Zay Jones, the creature that ate Calvin Benjamin, Charles Clay. Like the like your your option was give the ball to Shady in the twilight of his career. That was it. That was the move. So like it worked well for a season or so. Right. Maybe two. And again, you know, so you have like you, you find a guy like Tyrod who gets you through to you find the next guy. They have that with Jared Goff. And again, Jared Goff has, I mean, he went to a Super Bowl. He's been a, a, an all pro. I mean, the, the dude doesn't suck. If if he was making any less money, they might contemplate keeping him around. <laughs> like, I mean, listen, I, it, it can... almost wouldn't surprise me if they don't talk him into depending upon what happens with the draft next year. It wouldn't shock me if they don't talk him into, hey, would you be interested in restructuring, getting a couple more years here to, you know, train up whoever we bring in and then spending the rest of the draft in on the defensive side of the ball and the rest of free agency on the defensive side of the ball once you free up some money? Because I'll tell you what, man, 
this offense looks like it's built to compete in this in this division. It really is. Yep, I mean they're they're as good as anybody else has got, and, and there is. So he's making it's a thirty one million dollar cap hit this year, but they do have an out after this year, right? Um, with the dead cap of um, I say only dead cap of ten million dollars. Which really, when the guy's making thirty, if you can still like swing twenty million dollars in your favor, I, why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? That's just yeah. I mean, that's you. You can use that twenty million toward some really good stuff, right? But yeah, I I, I do. I, I really think this offense is built to compete. And again, for like they last year, they just started believing in themselves a little bit, and they started to flash near the end. It was it was fun to watch, actually. It's they they, they should be exciting. And that's the whole thing. I'm excited to see what Jamison Williams can come back and do. I think. I don't I I don't know how I feel about Sam Brown. People are like, oh, he's good. Look at that tear he went on. I, I don't know. If you force feed anyone the ball, their stats are going to look good. Do you know what I mean? Like the, if you just the, pepper a guy with 12 targets a game, they would be okay. So the the interesting side of that is he had, and if I'm going trying to go off memory on this one, but he had a weird stat where like he didn't drop the ball. Like he it's not like they were like force feeding him and he had 12 targets for four catches 110 yards and two scores it was he had 12 targets all like 10 catches for a hundred and something yards and two touchdowns like he he didn't drop the ball i mean he was no, no, playing sure. really well I'm, I'm just saying that most guys don't get 12 targets i mean if you're like the tippy top a list Devontae adams gets 12 targets a game because that right. guy merits getting 12 targets a game but i guess like it, it could have been anybody I don't know if he's talented or he's a product of his situation. I think if you gave Zay Jones 12 targets a game, I don't know. If you have a halfway, if they're catchable, I think Zay Jones catches 10 or 11 of those balls. The problem is he never merited well, it, 12. But, but why, part, know, part of that is you? also, I mean, you, you can't throw a guy a ball if he's not open. So he's right. getting open. He, it's not like they're force feeding in triple coverage. Like he was right. getting open. He was finding seams. He was finding holes and making plays. I, I think he is going to be a solid player in the league for a long time. Do I think he's that? Oh my God. Holy shit. I hope so. Cause I think I have him in fantasy, but um, <laughs> you know, he'll, I think he'll be solid. You're talking about that league. Bill has him. Oh, never so, mind. I don't, I don't know if that's the league you're talking about. Yeah. No, he's because Bill, Bill's trying to trade him to anybody who will listen. So apparently he doesn't believe that he's that good. However, if you are a believer, you can get him on the cheap. He'll give him deal. <laughs> he's been offering him up to everybody. Everybody but me. Apparently, he figured out that I'm not going to listen to him. So, well, I mean, when you, so I, Neil was talking this morning, he was just like, Yeah, man, I was talking to Bill. He's like, We had a trade. And I said, All right, good, man, deal. Well, what if we, and then it was a whole thing. And Neil goes, So, yeah, it's been four days. And we still haven't traded, even yeah, though I said, and, Yeah, I agree with that. Sounds good. Yeah. And I, uh, I mean, so this is a, this is a, an IDP fantasy league, not to get off topic and dive into something people don't know what we're talking about. And we have a guy in this league who just, it's a dynasty. IDP league. We've had this league for what? Eight years now. And at least we have a guy in the league. Might be nine or 10. We have a guy in the league who is just, he's a trade machine. He just all day, every day, he's calling, kicking the tires on trades. You spend three days kicking the tires, you get a deal. And before he sends it or before he clicks, accept, he goes, okay, so real quick, what would it take for me to get so-and-so added to this deal? And it's like a top five player on your team. And you're like, right. The whole deal changes. Anyway, yeah, um, I do. I do think Amon Ross St. Brown could be a very solid player in the league, and I think he will be. I think he might be your fifth round darling, like that kid that you know they found. They, they well, he was kind of the best there at the time, and you got lucky because right? that's what that is. Like, I, I don't think I, I would say the the 
about half the league probably has a clue at what they're talking about or what they want to do in the fifth and sixth rounds. I don't think the Lions are one of them. I think they just got lucky on a flyer on a guy. I could be. I think his athletic profile was really good. I think that's what a lot of people saw in him, that there's the advanced analytics on him and all the numbers that people compress about 40s and this and that, separation factor and catch ratio and a whole bunch of math that makes me go cross-eyed. Right. I think his athletic profile was was very high. No, I agree I with that. A lot. So now we're going to move to the Green Bay Packers, who <laughs> so <laughs> the saga of Aaron Rodgers takes over the helm, tears it up, wins the Super Bowl, and basically hates everybody that is on his team on offense until they leave. And then he's like, why didn't you resign that guy? And like, well, because you, you didn't you didn't like him. Like, what the hell, man? I don't think that's true. I think him and Devontae Adams were friends. I don't think there's any way they were not friends. I don't just like he, so him and I think Jordy Nelson were the two that were like he got along with. Right. But like Randall Cobb, like, oh, you're not gonna win games with Randall Cobb. And then he begged them to bring Randall Cobb back. It just it's the weirdest thing. Like, and then he like he's the dude who, and again, he has every right. Hey, we're picking in a good spot here. We have a like there's a lot of weapons out there in this draft. We're gonna take Jordan Love. What? Like, I think this dude has every right to bitch about the way they've handled I, the building of listen, this team. The only the only skill position player they took in his entire career, and he's been there for like 16 years, is Jordan Love in the first round. Yes. The only skill position player they've taken, I mean skill position, quarterback, running back, receiver in the first round in 16 years is his backup who will wind up doing nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like he won't he will not play ever. Right. Especially because they resigned him for four years. So by the time Jordan love even gets a crack at it, he'll be 28, 29. At that point, you're going to draft somebody else. You'll find the next, right. You'll, you'll figure something else out. Right. So key additions here. They took on uh, Jaron Reed from the chiefs defensive tackle. They re-signed Alan Lazard, Robert Tunyon, Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas. The big loss here, Devonte Adams. That one's that one hurts. Losing him hurts. Top five receiver easily. I mean, I th- I think number one, honestly. I mean, at least I, I mean he's unbelievable. I mean he he's unbelievable. Again, I I generalize with top five because I personally I think DeAndre Hopkins is the best in in football. He had a he had a down year last year. I mean, I don't know. He I was mean, banged. He got banged up last year. He didn't yeah, play a lot. No, I mean that that's true. That's true. But I, but I mean, if I we're know, if we're taking that out of the equation, we're t- I mean, Christian McCaffrey, two down years, can't stay on the field. Still, probably one of the best, if not the best, running back in football. That like the the talent level is there. He's top five. We could debate the top five all day. Um, but I mean, they lost Marcus Valdez Scantling, who, I mean, went to the it, Chiefs went to the Chiefs, and and that's just a, that's another guy that. Rodgers has had some chemistry and some timing with. Uh, they lost Billy Turner, offensive tackle. They lost Lucas, Lucas Patrick to the Bears, the offensive guard, and Zadarius Smith to the Vikings. Um, All those guys were cap casualties. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. They, they didn't want to pay Adams, which is unfortunate. But I mean, I get it. He's 29. He's going on 30. He's got maybe two good years of like elite production left. Um, but then, like, you're going to see him at 33 and 34 where he does nothing and you're going to be stuck with a $20 million receiver who's getting 50 catches a season. I don't right. Know. Yeah. Just that twilight of your career type type stuff. Looking around the, uh, the receiver room here, Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. That is not something that you look at and go. Yeah. 
And then rookie Christian Watkins, who they who is currently early, on the pup. early in the set. Christian Wat- Watson currently on the pup list. Well, I mean, he'll come back. I think he had, there was a personal thing or something. I don't know if it was like his wife had a baby or something. I don't know what it was, but something like that. And then they have a fourth round pick Romeo dubs in there too. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe there's two guys there that could possibly make a jump, but looking at what you got right now with Watkins, Lazard and Cobb, you're going, Oh boy, it's going to be a long year. And you know that whoever's behind Watkins is going to get a shot because he's going to get hurt. It's just one of those things where, I don't know. I, I think Rogers is going to be fine until somebody proves that they can unseat him. I, I don't know what, you know, until it happens. We've, we've seen it. He's gotten away with, you know, Devontae Adams and no one else. I mean, I like Robert Tunyon. I think he's a solid player, but I mean, you know, at, at some point age, you would think is going to catch up, uh, catch up to Rogers. And the fact that he's like, the what was the biggest thing? What's been the biggest thing with Brady as he's gotten older? The team around him has gotten better. It hasn't gotten right. worse. Rogers going the wrong way. Like his age is getting higher, and the team around him is not getting better. Well, you know what the whole thing is too. So I I thought this was odd that, and I forget what the specific math was, um, but it was no no quarterback had ever won a Super Bowl, accounting for like. 25% of the team's salary cap, which right now is around, it's like 41, $42 million. Like, but it, but as the salary cap's gone up, so has quarterback, but like that kind of blew my mind that like, really no team has ever won a Super Bowl when their quarterback accounts for 25% of the cap. And like, and people go, well, Brady's won a lot of them. Yeah. And Brady kept taking pay cuts when other guys were making 30, 35, 36, 37. He's like, no, 25 million, two years, yeah, $50 there, million. There was one. Fine. There was one point where, and we are, we are actually talking about this in the two point, uh, the two point conversation chat, where Brady for like a cup of coffee was the highest paid quarterback in the league for like the first half of like not even the first half of one season until like two other dudes got paid and it clipped him by a ton, right? And like, but I'm pretty sure that was the year after like he broke all the all the records, like the year after Moss had 51 or he threw 51 Moss had like 28 of them or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, well, it was broke the reception and the yardage record that year. Like that was, that was, that was that year. And then like somehow they paid two, like two other people got paid more than Brady after the best, after one of the best seasons we've ever seen from a player. Well, you always want to be the next guy. I listen, Lamar's going to wind up making more money than Josh Allen. I don't think he deserves to make more money than Josh Allen, but because Allen signed first, I think the bills wind up getting a, a, discount like a great oh, deal absolutely because they were they were the first ones to get it done and Allen's worth every penny but now everybody else is going to need more and yeah. i'm like okay that's fine i mean you guys you know, can all overshoot that I, what deshaun watson got at least similar money with most of it almost and all of it being guaranteed all guaranteed right like so really and, the, and what what took me down this this path was that rogers is, is accounting for more because he's like one of the highest paid if not yes. the highest paid quarterback in football accounting for like 30% of the team's salary cap. Like, hey, listen, man, maybe if you didn't get a four-year, $200 million contract or whatever the hell it was, maybe they would have had some money to throw to Devontae Adams. Maybe they wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? It's not. You well, could have taken $25 million. You could have pulled a Brady and done that. You chose not to. All right. And, and, and I think this is this is where Rodgers kind of gets his reputation of he – Rodgers is about Rodgers. Rodgers cares about him, his bottom line. Like, he's already won a Super Bowl. He's been an MVP. He's like, what else does he need to do? 
Like, you- oh, listen, I, I, I don't begrudge anybody for looking out for number one and your career, football careers can end at any moment. Right. Go out there, get yours, make your money. I, I fully, that's what's best for you and your family. Go get it. I'm all on board. But then you can't turn around and point the fingers at Green Bay and be like, you didn't sign that guy. You didn't. I can't believe you didn't drift. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, you're eating up a friggin' money, man. What do you want? Like, it's I mean, a listen, business, brother. When, like, you're getting paid. When when we're in dire need of position player of like skill players on offense, and you draft a backup quarterback in the first round, I can bitch all I want because that's not listen, like you're drafting a first round guy there rough. either way. Well, that was rough, but I mean, also the other 15 years they they, right. they went defense. It's, yeah. it's it's just how they roll. But, but they've also been successful. Jordy Nelson was a second round pick. Devontae Adams was a second round, but like they, it's not like they didn't do a good job of finding guys. I mean, we'll right. find out, I guess. Well, you know, so then to round out this offense, you have the one, two punch of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, uh, Aaron Which Jones I think will be the focal point of their offense this year. It's going to have to be. Oh, well, yeah. Well, especially looking at this defense, it's not great. I mean, I think they're a top 10 unit though. I think they were pretty good. Yeah. They, I, I don't they, remember they, what they played, were specifically. They played well. I mean, they play well together, but there's no like the star power isn't overly well, so, there. Well, so I mean, Campbell, Campbell came out of nowhere and was unbelievable last year. He tackled everything that moved. I mean, they hadn't, hadn't had a guy like him since I mean, Blake Martinez was there. Um, Jair Alexander might be one of the best corners in football. I think he's top five. Uh, he's very good. Um, safeties. I mean, I don't know. Adrian Amos was all right. They got that's. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're it, okay. But right. There's some guys there, right? They've got some superstars and then they got some holes. It's, you know, and, and that's one of those things for me that I look at that and say like, okay, you know, you're the, the quickest path of the playoffs is to win, be, is to win your division. You're the shoe in to win your division because of Aaron Rodgers and because of nothing else. Like you're right. n- nothing else about your team, like offensively scares me. Nothing about your defense overly scares me. I don't think this defense. If, if like, if we're playing a shootout with Detroit, I think that comes down to who scores last. I don't think it comes down to who makes the first stop, you know, right. like I think that whoever had the ball when time expires is going to win. And that's just, it, it's a very, like, and that's why this, this division is so interesting because Packers are Packers are the de facto pick to win it because of Aaron Rodgers. That's insane. Because that, like, the, there's not a ton around him. Again, there hasn't been a ton around him for years, and he's still Listen, found from, a way. From, from a talent standpoint, I think he might be the greatest we've ever seen. I like just from a sheer talent and how I throw the football. I think for he now. might be the best ever. For now, Josh Allen's Great. on the way. Listen, and listen, that could be. I mean, it's really he had to sit behind Favre. Um, he like one year he broke his collarbone. Uh, like so, he had some injuries early on. That I think you look at his, some of his numbers, and he's like. He'll never be the all-time leader no. in, I think, anything other than touchdown to interception ratio, which is like you couldn't do that on Madden rookie mode, let alone. <laughs> right. do you know I, mean? I don't understand. So it's funny. I saw a graphic today on Facebook that was um, the number of interceptions that people have um, at their 100th touchdown pass. So all of these people were at 100 touchdown passes. How many picks did they have? And like Elway was at 95 and Manning was at 68 and there's a whole bunch of them. And the two guys at the bottom were Mahomes is at 19, which is ridiculous that at 100 touchdown passes, he'd only throw 19 picks. Um, Rogers was at 34 and then everybody else was, was way above that. Right. The ridiculous thing is, is that Rogers now has 450 touchdown passes and he still has less than a hundred interceptions. Yeah. That's like crazy. He, he, did, 
he just doesn't turn the ball over. He's a smart and talented player. He, right. he doesn't. He's got a he, career four to one touchdown interception ratio, which doesn't exist on planet Earth. Like nobody he, does that. He found a way to do the game manager style of football. You know, don't turn the ball over, play it safe, but also taking risks when he knows he can take risks and making like and, and really having the arm talent to get away with riskier throws. And you, you talk about guys that just put it wherever they want to. I, he'll make it rain. He literally will put the literally ball can just put it wherever, wherever he, wants. he wants to. Uh, and has the arm talent to want to put it in places that other guys can't do it. He's like, I, I got that window. And then drops it on a dime and puts it wherever he wants. Yeah. As a four, four time MVP, he's just out there doing whatever. And I think that's to your point, the sole reason why they're picked to win the division. I think a lot of people might dark horse Minnesota, and I don't know how much of a dark horse they are. They have a very good team, which leads us into the next team we're talking about. But until you unseat him, I, I'm going to go with Rogers until you prove you can beat like, that's just what it is. And Minnesota is easily the most interesting team in this division. Like, so we've talked about a lot of parody, a lot of, you know, the Packers are going to live and die on Rogers. The lions are going to live and die on whether or not they can outscore you. The Bears are terrible. The Bears are going to be terrible. The Bears have no hope this year. They are finishing fourth. I would bet a paycheck on it. Now, Minnesota, they bolstered their defense a little bit. Got Harrison Phillips from the Bills. I hated losing him. I love Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry, I thought, last year when Starla Tulele wasn't getting the job done or wasn't wanting to play in one of the weirdest turn of events of a career I've ever seen, Dirty Harry was living in teams' backfields. Hard pushes up the middle, just backing interior linemen into the pocket and playing fantastically. He went, he got his bag. I'm happy for him. I might buy a dirty Harry Vikings jersey. I like him that much. <laughs> I I do not like him that much. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but not enough to own a Vikings jersey. I mean, I already own a Vikings jersey. I have, uh, <laughs> I have an Adrian Peterson Vikings jersey. I like the Vikings jerseys. Actually, like, I like the Vikings. I've liked the Vikings for a while. I don't know why. Oh, listen, that, if I had an NFC team, agree, probably, that's probably it. I agree with all of that. And Adrian Peterson's a Hall of Famer. Harrison Phillips is not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> like, not yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. No shot. Uh, it, then they signed Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals and Zadarius Smith from the Packers. So, you know, a D tackle, an inside linebacker, an outside linebacker. Okay. They lost Ty Conklin to the Jets. They lost center Mason Cole to the Steelers and safety Xavier Woods to the Panthers. Which is all right. They drafted a safety, I think. Yeah. Either either the first pick of the second round or the last pick of the first round. It was like 31, 32. They drafted a guy who's going to play next to Harrison Smith there. Yeah. So who at 30, 34 years old would still want to be one of the best safeties in football. Looking through this, uh, looking through this offense, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, easily a top, a top three, one, two punch receiver wise. I would think so. I mean, they're definitely top five. I'd have to go through, but that's, that's really, really close. Yeah. Uh, and only it, because Jefferson's so good, but Thielen's like 33. Yeah. Thielen slowed down a little bit last year, but he still flashed. And it's one of those things where if you're going to focus on Jefferson, Thielen will still burn you. Right. Uh, KJ Osborne in the slot. And then, uh, so Christian Dershaw, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, Jesse Davis, and Brian O'Neill, the big hog mollies up front. The tight end position, Irv Smith Jr. is currently listed uh, as the de facto tight end here. Delvin Cook, one of the best running backs in football. Easily a top five guy, in my opinion. Maybe a top four. Oh, sure. 
I would um, five, probably five. And then the big question, and he will always be the question, Kirk Cousins. Possibly the greatest game managing quarterback of this generation. Kirk's one of those guys where I, I just don't think he has it. it. Yes. Whatever whatever it is, I don't think he has it really it reminds me of Mac Jones. I which pains me to talk about the Patriots again, but I think Mac Jones could be a fine quarterback. He might even be a perennial Pro Bowl quarterback. But whatever it is that where you dig down deep and win yourself games, uh, it's not there. Yeah. I, like, I think the Pat Pats will be looking for a new guy in a few years. And th- that's one of those things with I mean, <laughs> maybe not. I mean, Kirk Cousins just keeps finding ways to get paid. It's it's ridiculous. I, I don't understand. This dude just finds a way to do just enough that they're like, well, he's better than what we're going to replace him with. I think. Well, that's and that's the whole thing with I think with Washington, right? Like they didn't want to pay him, so they said they tagged him, and then they didn't want to pay him again, so they tagged him again, and it was like, how do we give the guy who we don't think has it air quotes uh, all this money? So just kind of rode it out as long as he can. He didn't prove that he had it. They left it out. And while the commanders have been in kind of QB obscurity, and they, they still kind of are, even with Carson Wentz, it's not like Kirk Cousins went to Minnesota and won a Super Bowl. Right. Or, or even a playoff game. Like, it really, he just is doing the same exact thing in yeah. Minnesota. Just didn't good enough. Him. Yep. He, keeping you he relevant. Puts, keeping you puts in up it. the stats to, to garner the contract. Because you show that maybe it could be there. Maybe I could get this done. And then it just never gets done. But you can't yeah. walk away from him because you don't know what you're replacing him with. Uh, right. Because he's better than any rookie you're going to get. I mean, he's, and, really, he's probably better than most guys you're going to get. But he's not Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen or Mahomes or you know, he's not one yeah, of those elite guys. He's not one of them. I mean, and, and I, I think there's a, a slew of quarterbacks that you put on this team and you're like, oh, my God, we're talking about a dynasty. So if it's a true, true or false, do you, do you view him the same way you view Dak? He's just a guy, right? I don't know if Dak has it either. I know you're not a fan of him. I, I think Dak. Dak is better than Kirk, in my opinion. I think he's more athletic, which I think helps in modern yes. NFL. Um, until I see it, same thing. I mean, Dak is Dak's putting up stats. He's, you know, when he's out there, he's playing well, but he doesn't play well enough. So yeah, I think him and Kirk are very much in the same conversation. Like, which makes sense. Like, I, I was curious because, like I said, I knew you you didn't feel that way, or you did also that Dak doesn't have it. So I was yeah. curious if you, if you think yeah, no, it's better or worse. I, I think they're I think they're very pretty close. I think when you have the conversation, they probably both hover around the middle of the league as far as like talented quarterbacks go. Um, I mean, there's there's a long line. You know, you could make the easy like, oh, you put Aaron Rodgers on this team. You put Aaron Rodgers on this team, they might go undefeated. You know, you put Allen or Mahomes on this team. Holy crap. Like, no, seriously, like, what does Justin Jefferson have? 3,000 receiving yards? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 just throwing them all. Yeah, because, I mean, this – and then, the, like, now the Bills roster is as complete as anybody's. And we'll get to that on episode 100. But, I mean, you put Mahomes on this team, I think the Vikings roster top to bottom is probably better than the Chiefs. I think they – like, I think they've gotten away it's, with a like, – uh, yeah. Catch me if you can offense that nobody has been able to really catch consistently. Certainly and defensively. Defensively. Certainly defensively. Yes. It's not even close. Right. So as, as a unit, if I could take either the Chiefs unit or Minnesota's, I would take Minnesota's. Oh, yeah. And I think 
now, especially with Tyreek Hill being gone. And I don't, I don't put Tyreek in the top five receiving conversation. Tyreek is fast. That's it. Yeah. I mean, he's not an elite route runner. He doesn't have elite hands. He's not going up and ripping down contested catches. He's not, he's just faster than you. And it, it makes him very, very good. But if I'm talking receiver talent, I'm putting Thielen and Jefferson ahead of him. Give you Jefferson. I, I, I can't give you Thielen. <laughs> I, can't, I can't give you a former lacrosse player over. I, I don't know, man. I, I think he's just, I, I think he's as a receiver, more talented again, fast. Like, I mean, we're talking world-class speed being the which factor speed, of why, which uh, it speaks volumes. It, That's enough. It, it, it I, does. I, I mean, when, when you can get a, like when you get the ball in his hands, and he can just turn a corner and go like he can and like he does and like he has. But I mean, there there's balls every single game that you look at and go, a number one receiver catches that and he doesn't. Well, I mean, but not to not to crap all over him, but like, so if that's the case, then why isn't like Marquise Goodwin one of the best receivers in football? Because he's literally an Olympian and he goes and wins world championships and is going to like, you know what I mean? He's unbelievably fast. He is not a good receiver. He is awful, but Hill is 13, 1400 yards, 115 catches. I mean, at some point it's well, and, but, but a lot of that, I mean, how do most teams use guys that are blazing fast burners, deep balls, they we're going to run stuff underneath, draw coverage and try to sneak you past people and get you deep. What do they do with Tyreek? Get him the ball ASAP and let him do his thing. That there's your, I mean, in in that game against Buffalo, I mean, Crossing yeah. route, Edmonds gets lost on an island, and Poyer takes the worst angle I've ever seen a safety take in a player, and he goes well, 66 yards to the house. On, on a terrible defensive call. Just a terrible defensive call. Like, I mean, we're, we're defending the end zone with three timeouts and five minutes left. Why? Like, play defense. Play normal fucking defense. Like, whatever. It's, that's here nor there. And... Hill also has more like has better hands than Goodwin. So like he can, he does do okay on the deep balls. He does do well on the deep balls. I'm talking about like your, 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 your sideline toe tap catches your your, stuff like that. Like the stuff that makes you next level elite. I don't think Tyreek has that. I think Thielen does. I think Thielen has those contested sideline catches. He can burn you deep. He can beat you underneath. He can beat you over the middle. He can beat you by the numbers. Like I, I just think he can do that. And he has been doing it. Justin Jefferson's better, flat out, no question. But here nor there. I don't. I don't think there's anybody who would tell you that. I think Jefferson yeah. is far and away. Um, and then I mean, defensively again, Harrison. And then now this is what's interesting. They've got Harrison Phillips listed as the defensive end. He played. He he was playing a lot of one tech this year, so he was playing more of like what you would consider that nose tackle position. Now they got him on the outside because they run a three four. So, and like, it's not like he, it's nose tackle, D tackle, D end. And you're like, oh, well, he's the D tackle. So he would be like playing a three tech. Maybe they haven't listed as a straight up defensive end. I mean, well, he can move. It's not like he's, he doesn't have heavy feet. No, but I, he, I mean, I also don't put him out there and say like, I mean, there, there, there's a reason on one of the best defensive units in football. He didn't move outside of a three tech. Like, but I mean, I, I think he can be a three, four defensive end. Cause I mean, he's like, Cam Hayward or Stefan to it or anybody else that runs that you're a big meaty guy who's still uh technically a D tackle. So I mean they they got Zadaria Smith from 
the Packers, like he's not playing outside linebacker. I mean, he's playing outside linebacker, but he's a pass rusher. He's going to rush the quarterback 98% of the time. Correct. Cause that is how a three, four works. The other, right. like the guy who's listed as a defensive end is the other dude who put like, who gets after the quarterback from the edge. He's basically an edge rusher now. I mean, unless I, I don't you're know the guy playing next, unless you're playing next to the guy who's that linebacker. That if guy he's who's playing, playing with next Darius to- Smith is still, he's a defensive end, but he's got a linebacker on his outside. So in a three, four, you're playing the exact same spot. You're playing at a, a tackle, except you're the, the verbiage is different. No, they have a nose tackle in Dalvin Tomlinson, a defensive tackle in Armand Watts and a defensive end as Harrison Phillips, which means generally speaking from a basic, a basic take, he's coming off the edge and Zadarius Smith on a base call is coming off the other edge. Okay. But I mean, they've also got like, Daniil Hunter and all these other pass rushers who are going to be outside of those guys. They, the Harrison Smith will not be outside any of those other guys. Those other guys, he will be inside some of those other guys. He will not be setting a perimeter or going around the edge. He'll be basically a D tackle going at the guards and maybe a tackle depending on what type of scheme they're running. But Daniil Hunter and Darius Smith and like all those pass rushers, like those are the ends. Those are the guys are going to be doing the, the rushing. I mean, he's a defensive end. He's going to be rushing the quarterback. And yeah, but Ed, Ed Oliver can be put at defensive, end, but it doesn't mean he's like as big or as fast or going around people like Greg Rousseau. Like that's not the same, not the same skill set. That's why I'm shocked he's listed as a defensive end because it's not the same skill set he's been. He's been a one tech or a three tech. Now he's going to be a five or out, five, seven. Like he's going to be coming off those outer edges. He's going to be coming off tackle. I mean, we'll see. Like I said, I, I, I would not get caught up in the the verbiage and what they call him. He's basically a tackle. It's if they want to label him a DM based on the scheme that they run. I mean, whatever. I don't care. The the Giants had the NASCAR defense where they use Tuck, OC, Strahan. They put four defensive ends in the field and they all pass rush. They called it the NASCAR defense. Yes, technically, well, two of those two guys were playing D tackle. But they're all yes, defensive. They were tackle. playing defensive tackle. Like, again, you are positionally, like, they classify you positionally because that, like, when you put up on the board your base defense, this is where you're going to be. Like, we're not talking about different packages. We're not talking, like, this is your base defense. So when you put your base defense, X's and O's on the chalkboard, Harrison Phillips is lined up as a five tecker out. That is like how said, that but works. He, but he's going to be inside Daniil Hunter or Zadarius Smith. He's never going to be the most outside player. He's going to have an outside linebacker or D end basically, because that's how the defense works playing outside of him. Like I mean, 99% of the time. So which basically makes you a D tackle. If that outside linebacker is not coming into the, like coming in and rushing all on the, on the outside, then no, he is going to be the outermost guy on the line. Listen, I'm not saying that sometimes it, I mean, we're arguing semantics. It's it's it, because oh, it, it, we, we want something that's a hundred percent of the time. Nothing's going to be a hundred percent of the time. Every piece of every defense in the NFL moves around. Correct. He basically, is playing DN. Or I'm sorry, he's basically. You're, playing thank D-end. you, thank you. you. He's basically playing defensive end. No, because no, he's he basically is basically playing D tackle. No, he's no, he's not. Playing. If he was sure playing is. defensive tackle, that would say DT. I also, I you're taking our lads as like, like religion, I, it's one website's classification of one guy. <laughs> like, all right, let's go to their website. Oh, well, here's ESPN. 
And there's Vikings.com. I was excited they don't have it on there. Left defensive end, Harrison Phillips. Nose tackle, Dalvin Tomlinson. Right defensive end, Jalen Twyman. So they're play like so they guy in the middle who's going to probably shade one way or the other, working different looks with the two inside guys. The two outside guys, it, it's going to be like you line up as the outermost guy on the defensive line, and then you send one of your two outside linebackers as a blitzing outside linebacker. That's how four threes work. I mean, okay, in, well, so in, so in so high school, like Zadarius Smith is a pass rusher, and so is Daniel Hunter. So unless you're not taking, you're taking one of them off the field at the same time. So both so, of so those guys are going to be on the field and pass rushing. So now you're running a five, a five, two. You're rushing no, five guys I'm, every play. That's what I'm saying. There's a rotation to all of this. His main position is basically going to be what he's been doing his whole career. Okay. It can't be. This, this, this I is a Micah Parsons debate all over again. <laughs> so, the, I mean, but, but this is, so what you're telling me is both Smith and Hunter are pass rushers. Yep. So you are going to take one of the last season. They both played defensive end. They just went to, now they switched their defense. And now they're labeled as linebackers. They're still defensive ends. So again, Tomlin, or sorry, Phillips, Tomlinson, Twyman, the three guys that you are paying to play your starting defensive line. One of them has to come off the field. If you are trying to rush a passer probably, and let's be honest, it'll probably be your nose tackle, but that's third and long or better second and long, like second and 10 or plus maybe second and eight or plus. Like it all, it all depends on what kind of defense they run. It's they run a three, four. No, 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 I meant like, okay, but that's not, not every, not every single snap of every single game. Like Buffalo sometimes runs a four, three, but most of the time they run a four, two Milano and Edmonds are the only two linebackers on the field, like 80% of the time. So when they release stuff to the press, they say, Hey, we run a four, two defense. No, they just say four, three, because that's the base defense that sometimes they run. But the other 85% of the time, it's just Milano and it's just Edmonds. Yes, because you're trying to pigeonhole things into like, oh, it's 100%. It's not. I, 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 everything I, I have never I have never once said it's 100%. Never once. I am but telling you. Keep, you. You keep saying they run a 3-4, they run a 3-4. Yeah, okay. Maybe they come out in the first snap of the game, they run a 3-4. And then, I don't know, maybe the rest of the game, they only have Eric Hendricks on the field. So they're really running like a five, one or a four, one or a what? Like it, it'll literally be a million and one different things. I'm saying he's mostly going to play his normal D tackle role with a pass rusher on the outside of him. That's what's mostly going to happen. You keep saying like, no, like I guess okay. we'll see, so, but so, I'm just saying, so my, my question thing. is now you have two pass rushing outside linebackers. Cause you changed from a three, four or from a four, three to a three, four, mm-hmm. you have two outside linebackers. Both of them are pass rushers. Mm-hmm. So that means you're go like, so, okay. It, that's easy when you go to a passing, a, a pure passing down. When you go to a pure sure. passing down, you go to a you, you drop probably your nose tackle. You bump your two quote unquote ends more inside In, into tackle, right? And you have your two outside guys coming off the edge. There's your four your four man rush. You can back yeah. one of those two guys off into coverage based on scheme. And you have your two middle linebackers doing what they do, or Jason maybe you Kendrick's, take one of right. them off and Could have be. your like whatever. However you, you want to work it. that. But yep. on day one, play one when you are setting up your base defense and the reason that you run and have a base defense is because that's how, that's how you build out your personnel. I want to run this because I like these schemes. I like how this works. I like how this goes. So I run the bills run a four, three. I don't know why I did three air quotes there. They run a four, three. (laughs) 
and then, and this is, this is going to be our last point because we're running out of time here, but you, that never so, happens. So you us. run, you run a four, three and you say, okay, we're coming out. And, and when we had Lorenzo Alexander, we had our, our four guys down and then we had Edmonds Milano and Zoe. We've yet to really find a, a replacement for that strong side linebacker in a four, three. AJ Klein kind of did it, but like, because of the way and the bills run more of a big nickel is what it would more be called where you have your Agreed. normal defensive lineman and your two linebackers <clears throat> with an extra corner on the field. Correct. So we run more of a nickel, but on paper, it's a four, three. And somewhere, along, <laughs> so, somewhere, somewhere along the way, you have a guy like, okay, so AJ Klein is technically considered, and I don't know if this was true. I'm just throwing a name out there as your strong side linebacker, like an outside linebacker. You're saying, okay, he's more of a traditional run stuffer plug. Okay. But he's still sure. listed as an outside linebacker and he still has outside linebacker responsibilities in your base defense, which means he has to do some coverage. He's got to fill holes. He's got to get out to the flats, stuff like that. Part of the reason we didn't run a four, three is because he couldn't do a lot of those things successfully. We were better with a, with a, with a corner in that position. So when you're talking about a three, four, when you come out in that three, four defense, Hunter and Smith are going to have outside linebacker responsibilities. If you are telling me they are basically true defensive ends, what are they doing? This is, this has pass rushing. Like they've done their entire careers. Okay. So right now today. So at that point, if you are in a four, three base defense or a three, four base defense, and those two dudes are on the field as they should be as listed as your starters in those positions, you are rushing five guys. Again, you're, you're assuming that all of those guys are on the field at the same time. If you're start, if this is your starting defense, which I'm on two websites now, and again, the Minnesota doesn't have it on their official website. So ESPN and our lads have the same list. The only difference is, uh, Jalen Twyman is listed as a, as a, as the right defensive end and not a defensive tackle on ESPN, but it's the same, same exact lineup. So if you're coming out in the three, four base defense, you have Harrison Phillips, Dalvin Tomlinson, and Jalen Twyman on the line. You have Hunter Kendricks, Hicks, and Smith as your four linebackers. You're sending five. Cause the other two, all they do is rush. No, someone like somewhere, some way, one of those guys has to play coverage. One of those guys has to do something other than nose to the ground, hit the quarterback, which puts one of those other two guys in the line as your defensive end. And that is my point. Okay. So I, I will concede that 18% of the time, Harrison Phillips will be a defensive end. The other 82% at a time, he'll be a D tackle. I mean, at Great. this point, I, so at, I mean, it, it'll at, be at this 80, point, 80 snaps in a whole season. It won't at, at matter this point, at all. At this point, you're pulling random percentages out of your ass. You have no idea how often they come out in a true base four three. You three, have four. no idea. Again, you have no idea. You're telling me like you're talking like your statistics. You have no I idea. haven't. I have not how put out a single statistic. Play? At no point have I said percentage of time this there that. You Never. Said, I am saying. You said he, I bet he's going to play. I can't believe he's playing DN. And I said, well, they're going to move him around. It's he's got pass rushers on the outside of him. He's really probably going to play more of a D tackle was how this whole thing started. And you said, nah, even though neither one of us have any actual idea, but you're getting so caught up on the fact that he's labeled as a D end when like 
every guy in his position across all the NFL, every single 3-4 defense on planet Earth has that guy. And yes, he might be a DN, but basically he's a big run-stuffing tackle is essentially what he does for a living. He's not being asked to like speed rush around a corner and beat a tackle. Not what he's being asked to do. Uh, Let's see here. But it really doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. And now I, I do understand that a lot of how you operate your defense does have to do with the personnel that you have. So before I dive too deep into this, and I'm not going to dive too deep because again, we are running out of time. <laughs> I mean, we're probably over the hour. So, yeah, we're absolutely so over much, the hour. So, market so much for the AFC North. We'll do that next week. Well, we only do one a week. And I thought you were doing the whole North. Okay. So the, the Rams who are a, a very solid defensive team, who are their pass rushers? Ooh, right now the second. I mean, Robert Quinn was there, or Leonard Floyd was there. I don't. I don't know if either one of them. Are, they might have resigned one of them. So Floyd is there, them. listed as an outside linebacker. And and Von Miller would have also been an outside linebacker. Again, also a D end. So they have a Sean Robinson listed as one of their defensive ends. No idea who he is. Uh, and then they have Justin Hollins and Leonard Floyd as their outside linebackers. Right. And Floyd's Floyd's going to rush. He's been at the end his whole life. Right. And that, again, that Vaughn was the other guy. They also use one linebacker more than any other team in football. True. It's going to, it's going to be Bobby Wagner and that's it. So, and uh, okay. So like this brings up another question here because uh, Sean Robinson is listed as a defensive tackle. He's six, four, three 30. Again, listed as. Oh shit. What did I do? Oh, I'm on the wrong thing. That's what I did. Um, but he's he's listed as a defensive end here too. So like at this point, I'm sitting here going like, "Are you like so? You're at this rate, you're really looking for those di- like th- these these setups because Aaron Donald's your other defensive tackle. You're looking for these three dudes to eat interior linemen and just like eat up double teams. So your two inside linebackers can." shoot gaps, make tackles, stuff the run. And your outside guys are the guys who can get depth. And, but again, at some point it like, if you're passing against this and I'm not, I have three plugs and two pass rushers, I'm shorting my backside. And I, I know from playing football that that doesn't work, but at this point, I, whatever it is, what it is. I'm intrigued it's, to see how they not, use them is what I'm saying. I, I agree. It's fine. Like I said, I just think that that's what it is. I mean, I was looking at Pittsburgh's so while you were looking that up and I was like, oh, Larry Ogunjobi, who's been a D tackle his whole life is listed as a defensive end because he's not better than Cam Hayward and he's not better. You know what I mean? He's six one three ten. And that's the thing. Like, a, at no point was I arguing that anybody was better than these true pass rushers. But speaking from a football standpoint and having been on the field and played in I mean, I played in a, a, a four three, a three four, and a five two, which was just a five two is just a fucking four three with one of the outside linebackers on the line who drops on the coverage, unless you're blitzing. Like that's just how it worked. At some point, like that dude's listed as an end because he's the end guy in the line of scrimmage, and so like you're ob- you're, you're running a four three, but one of your linebackers is going to walk up and be a standing pass rusher off the edge. So like at at some point, at a 
probably more often than not, you're going to have a dude who's a defensive tackle as your end guy on the line of scrimmage because it doesn't work any other way unless you don't have a nose tackle, at which point you're just running a 4-3. So what are we doing here? Like, I, it, whatever, it is what it is. At this point, I've talked myself into circles <laughs> and I have a headache. That's why I'm not a defensive coordinator. I was an offensive lineman. I like to hit people, and that was that. Hey, listen, moving people from point A to point B against their will, I mean, that's got to be a good job, right? That's a- Yeah, it's a lot of fun. But anyway, uh, so how do you have this division shaking out? And then we're going to get out of here. Yeah, again, I, I still think it's until you, somebody can prove otherwise, I think it's going to be Green Bay, Minnesota. Uh, honestly, I had Chicago and Detroit last. I, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I think there's a very real chance that you I probably flip flipped, two those last flipped two. the bottom two. Yeah, exactly. I, I definitely flipped the bottom two. I, again, it's, it's, it's Rogers division until it's not. Yep. I agree. So, um, I should have said this at the start of the show. We're uh, hats, tats, and debts brought to you by Buffalo Freddy Enterprises. Check them out for all your party needs, tent rentals, tables, chairs, all kinds of cool, funky stuff. Other than that, uh, and we're also going to be teaming with the guys at Mafia Pack or Stag Pack, who are putting out their third Mafia Pack. So we'll be breaking those out and kind of telling you guys about that a little bit more in the future once we get the details sorted out. Hats, Tats, and Stats, part of the BICBP Radio Network, www.bicbp-radio.com. Find us on Facebook, Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast, a championship-caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at HDS underscore pod. On behalf of the Statman and the rest of my co-host here at Hats, Tats, and Stats, thanks for joining us, and we will see you guys next week when we talk about the AFC North. The weather is changing and the sun is shining, which means summer party season is here, and Buffalo Freddy Party Rental has everything you need to get your party started. From tents, tables, and chairs to inflatable bounce houses, water slides, and obstacle courses, Buffalo Freddy has everything you need to take your summer shindig to the next level. Not sure what to serve at your event? Buffalo Freddy does barbecue catering as well. For more details or to make reservations, head over to buffalofreddy.com or give them a call at 716-437-3339. That's 716-4-FREDDY. Buffalo Freddy is a proud sponsor of this podcast.